0: let me start with introductions actually. Hi, I'm Russell Verheye. Um, I've been coming to church to new life since uh, 2002, I think it is, or maybe 2003, so been here about seven years. Moved here from Georgia, which was home, so Colorado is a little different culture for me as a southern boy growing up, and uh, I do sort of get a uh, longing for pilgrimage to go back to see my dogwoods and azaleas that are in bloom right now in Georgia, but we'll have to wait till July before that happens here. So, <laughs> um, I'm just curious, um, of the men that are here this morning, how many of you guys um, are in business, you know, corporate for-profit business? Uh, how many of you guys work for uh, parachurch groups at all? Just one? Okay. Uh, how many of you guys work for a church? Just curious. Okay <laughs> where are all those guys <laughs> they're all busy, so that's right well i i have uh, I'm, a, I'm a business guy um, i've been uh, I've got a company that I started actually in ninety six I started back before my time um, no i'm not forty six I'm actually a young man uh, at least I feel like it this morning. Uh, if you caught me yesterday, I felt much older but <laughs> so i Know the challenges of uh, just meeting deadlines and working with customers and vendors and know what it is to meet payroll and uh, and still come home and sleep at night and uh, still manage to keep some sort of balanced view of family and church life and so and there is no formula that i've ever heard that that matches up to that it's just it's a it 's a journey and it's a walk through grace and so um, and some of you guys some of you guys can relate to that you know what I'm talking about (laughs) when it comes to that everything from just paying your bills to um, just walking by faith uh, just being God's man in the marketplace and that's some of the things that just want to share with um, share with you men this morning as well as just have you guys have an opportunity to share amongst yourself and and uh, really I just know just want to have the opportunity for you guys to connect to one another so just with beginning with the end in mind this morning just to have us at the end of our time just circle up and just literally pray over our businesses Um, pray over just the organizations we work for and just uh, some of you men here are sitting here just steady in the flow and the rhythm of just uh, your business life and and uh, maybe you get a salary and you're good and and you have other challenges but you know, on one sand, things are steady and you're moving forward. There's other guys here that are just absolutely on the ropes. And I don't know who, you know, where you guys are at, Um, but for the guys that are maybe steady right now, you know what it is to be on the ropes. We've all walked through those difficult times. And so um, I want to hit on that this morning uh, through a an old and familiar story to probably many of us um, out of Joshua 1. So if you guys want to take your Bibles and turn there, um, I want to share just a couple simple ideas and lessons, the things that I've observed uh, from the story of Joshua 1. And just a little bit of background uh, for the setting of this um, is Joshua is just in a time of transition, and he... Uh, Moses is on the way out, and Joshua is on the way in, and he is sitting right on the edge of the Jordan, looking out at the promised land. And this is something that he has had in his sights for near four decades. Um, So this morning is a little bit uh, under the theme of vision um, for you. And so uh, for some of you men, you are getting up every morning with a clear sense of call a clear sense of vision, what God has put in your heart and how you are faithfully stepping for that. Some of you men, though, may have uh, been men of vision. And somewhere in the, um, the bumpiness of life, you may have lost that vision. Either because of doubt, discouragement, uh, just difficulties, and you've lost some of that. And that's, that's the piece of this story with Joshua that I want to... Um, just bring up, let me read just one verse out of Joshua 1 um, and we'll start with that Joshua 1 uh, after the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord the servant of the Lord the Lord said, sorry this is Joshua one." 1 um, the Lord said to Joshua son of Nun Moses' aid, Moses my servant is dead, now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan, and into the land I'm about to give them, to the Israelites. The, sometimes when you men are having your time with the Lord, uh, when you're up reading in the morning, uh, how many of you men can resonate with just, there is a word in those verses that resonates with you. Uh, this came out of a devotional time for me a month or so back, where I'm very familiar with this passage, um, the, the overall story, the, 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 the verses that I memorized as a teenager, Joshua 1.8, to be strong and courageous, but to, to read back a little bit and to understand a little bit of the story, that particular morning, a month or so back, the Lord highlighted those words, get ready. And I just want to pause for a second, and many of you know the story of Joshua. You know the context, you know the transition that he's going through. But here, what an interesting observation about Joshua. The Lord is saying to him, Joshua, get ready. Well, let's just step back for a second and look at that. This is a man who is actually in his 80s. So, you know, he, he died a few years later, but he's in his 80s. And as we just talked about earlier, he's had forty years to get ready. Because he's known this is coming, but yet the Lord is calling him out and saying, Get ready. Now, wait a second. Let's think this for a second. Who is this man Joshua? Let's back up forty years and look at the story of when the, the just the magnificence you know, story that we all know of Moses and how he led the you know, Israelites out of Egypt and just the miraculous signs that we saw with God protecting his people, you know, from the Egyptians as they came down and the Red Sea parting and and then God providing with manna and their foods taken care of and their sandals don't worn out. I mean all these stories that we still recount and hear today. And then where's Joshua during that time? I'm ready to take the promised land. I'm ready to go see. And so he and Caleb, these mighty young men of God, are filled with vision, filled with courage, filled with strength. And those men are ready to charge across the Jordan and go see. And so Caleb and Joshua go across with the spies, and they survey the land, and they see all the obstacles, and they see all the opposition, and they see all the things that would be... In the natural, all the reasons why would you not want to do that. So, of course, we fast forward to that point where the spies come back. And what happens? You guys remember? No, they don't end up going. (laughs) And the Lord is sort of so disdained by the whole thing, I'm going to basically park you guys here for the next 40 years. And if you read through the fine print, um, all the rest of the spies end up dying. And, and then Caleb and Joshua are the ones that are preserved as the remnant. So this is, this is no ordinary man. This is a mighty man of the Lord, filled with courage, filled with hope, filled with vision. And here we are 40 years later, and the Lord is saying, jo- Joshua, get ready. And what occurred to me, just as I was thinking in light of my own personal journey, just in the light of the last few years, particularly with running a business, um, I've had some hurdles. Um, as I did an exercise that actually in 14 years of business, I've never done. I actually went back and, and just like some of us business guys do, I opened up my QuickBooks and I just literally did a report of the last 10 years of, um, of history you know just the pure financial history and I was able just to weave through the ebbs and flows and remembering projects and jobs and, and that kind of thing and sorry just to give some context my business is an office furniture business so simply put I'm basically a broker who goes into buildings figures out what's there and then buys that and then anything that's garbage or trash just you know get rid of it figure out the good stuff and then I send that throughout the country to different places that need it. So that's, in essence, my business. Um, and so there's a lot of warehousing things. There's lots of labor factors. There's a number, and, and, and so, but in essence, that's my business. So the, as I looked at that 10-year picture of my business, uh, the profit loss, I've seen my business continue to rise and then enjoy a time of just flourishing and in the last three years, guess what happened? (laughs) Probably not unlike some of you gentlemen. And so, you know, during that just big picture transition time, what has happened to this man, Russell, who felt like he was walking on water many times, had a grace over his life, and then because of economy, and because maybe even, I'll go to the extreme of saying some bad choices on my part, or just bad relationships or partnerships, whatever that may be, that I've seen this dip. And what that's done to me as, as a business guy for my confidence. Where is my courage? Because, you know what, as a business owner, as you guys understand a little bit of that DNA, I was a man filled with confidence and courage. I did have a sense of vision, otherwise I never would have stepped out into doing something new, taking a risk. And then here I am at, at moments, feeling like, as I read here, where the Lord is saying, get ready. And so, it causes me to question as a business guy, what is the vision that God has put on my life? What, and, and am I still in the wilderness? That's okay. But here I am looking at a time of transition coming up. What, are I, what do I need to be doing to get ready for the things that the Lord has put in my heart? And what I just simply a simple message that I just wanted to share with you men and just to draw out is you guys are doing everything you can do just to simply be faithful and steady and serve the Lord, and honor your families, and pay your bills, and do those things, and just stay steady in that in these difficult times. And that's a mouthful uh, as we try to figure out how to do those kind of things. But in the midst of it, there's something deeper in each and every one of us. Just like Joshua, there was a call on his life. And there was a call that he knew about for years, but yet, here he was in the wilderness... Could it been possibly that, um, that he was a man um, lost in discouragement? Um, was he a man overwhelmed with the responsibility of leading the people? In his case, it was millions of people. For you maybe as business owners or managers in an organization, you have people that are over what you know that, that you're over and you're leading. It could be simply as you're a business owner or you're uh, just somebody who's working in the marketplace and just how do I lead my family when the bills, there's just not enough money to cover the bills. And so are you overwhelmed with the responsibility of that? Um, and, you know, if I could get very personal with you, um, you know, has your, have, you, have, have you lost your confidence? The man that you were, when you look in the mirror in the morning, you're just... Where is that man? Where has he gone? That because of the responsibilities of the day and uh, just the factors that, where is that man? And that confidence, where is that? Um, And then you bring that home just to your relationship with the Lord. Um, Where is your faith in the midst of this? Um, Do you still trust the Lord in the way that you once did? The man that was ready to take risk and step out in full courage, that courage is lost and gone. Um, And then also just maybe even the men that we are... Functioning, understanding the systems of this world, the systems of business, the systems of government, everything from paying bills on time to understanding credit to understanding money, understanding just you know working with people and the laws and all those kind of things. where is our wisdom, and how do wh- you know where where is the wisdom that we need to exercise this um, and I think that 's part of the journey that Joshua was on. If we want to back up a few verses to Deuteronomy 34, verse 9, you see a transfer of wisdom that's part of this process and this journey. Let's look at that. Again, Deuteronomy 34, verse 9. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid hands on him. And the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. Now, I think that's a summary of the process that Joshua was through, as Moses transferred that. But I would suggest to you, even though that he was, I'll say, anointed with a spirit of wisdom, that was maybe something on a personal level between him and Moses, and maybe a few within his council. But what about the millions of people? Did they fully buy into that? Moses is our leader. Now we've seen Joshua around, but is Joshua going to be able to lead us in the same way? Think about it just purely from our family standpoint. We all understand wives and children, and whenever things are in transition, you know our wives have a tendency to be a little bit more security oriented where is the food going to come from how are we going to be able to put babies on you know food, shoes on the babies and that kind of thing think about the transition that's happening right now for the last 40 years what's been coming down from heaven manna you know meat food clothes that have not worn out and just in terms of just the, the home life of the men that are, you know, they're all about to experience a transition. Yes, we've heard about the promised land, the land flowing with fruit and milk and honey, but I've gotten pretty self in manna from heaven, and that's about to change. So there's a lot of transition happening during this time. So Joshua is filled with wisdom, but how does he, has he earned the right, the credibility to be able to lead his people? And I think there, there is something in this that Joshua is just walking through this point of insecurity. And, and that's what I want to just talk about with you, this, you men this morning. Um, it really is, um, for Joshua and maybe some of us here this morning, it's a crisis of confidence that we're in. And I just want to just give you guys some tangible things that you guys can leave with here this morning, wherever you're at. In, um, in your business life, in your work life wherever you're at financially or within your family but these are not symptomatic things but these are things that I just would like to have you reflect on as you leave here today as sort of pillars for your own life um, So, but let's, uh, let's look at what happens here let's continue on with what the Lord said And again, these are very familiar verses, so let's just read them. Again, Joshua 1, verse 3. What is the vision that Joshua has been given? And the Lord says, I will give you every place where you set your foot as promised. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand against you in all the days of your life. As it was with Moses, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So then we read these famous words. Verse 6, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. And I was swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous to be careful to obey the law my servant gave you and do not turn from it left or right that you may be successful in whatever you do. Do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it on day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, and then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. And... Reading that for the first time, even though that's something I've memorized and haven't hidden on my heart since I was a young man, reading that in my times of trials over the last many months and years, I'd always remembered, Russell, be strong and courageous. But somehow I'd missed that part about, do not be terrified, do not be discouraged. And I would suggest some of you men are sitting there in that place this morning And that is that place of vulnerability that why would the Lord even bring that kind of thing up? And I think it goes back to that get ready. There is something that happened in this mighty man of God who 40 years ago didn't care there were giants roaming the land. He didn't care of all the unknowns and the obstacles. But something had happened where his courage and confidence was lost. To where there is an element of trace that the Lord is speaking directly to the core issues of this man. Don't be terrified. Don't be discouraged. And the message is, be strong and courageous. And really the punchline for this whole message is, how? And it is because the Lord is with you. And that is it. And that is it. That is it. Just like Brady talked about this morning, the differences between sons and slaves. If you are a son, and you are walking as sons, then you have direct access to the Father, which then, as he prayed, as he closed out his method, message, here we see it again. Be strong and courageous. <laughs> Why? Because the Lord is with you. So the first charge to you guys this morning is if, you are not walking with the Lord. And I'm assuming most of you guys are believers here. You are missing out on the greatest asset that you have to be strong and courageous. That though this mighty man of God, Joshua, was clearly called, you know, fell, fell, uh, fell into discouragement and, and dismay, that it's the Lord who simply, like a father does, as many of you guys can resonate with, when your hand is in Daddy's hand, everything's all right. And it's that picture that we have, that we can take courage and strength, not conjured up from our own means, or the fact that we have a nice portfolio, or a good job, or all these things in the natural are lined up, is that the Lord is with us. And so, um, so that's, um, that's something I just wanted to share with you this morning. Um, and just resonating with that and um, and I want to I want to leave you guys with this and and sort of the pillars of how do you guys know that this is in your life um, and what are the things that you need to be looking for whoops there we go can you guys see that great and again out of Joshua one we've talked about the story this morning of what are these things. Um, and I would just have you guys reflect on this this morning. Um, first of all, what's the call that's on your life? What is the vision that the Lord has put on you that may be left maybe dormant? And, and, and I'm not talking about so much in the, the marketplace. We are all business guys, but I'm talking about that deep, sense of call that's on your life and how is that being exercised and you know what for men men we are the priesthood of the believers we are men who are ordained to go be salt and light in the marketplace we are the agents the ambassadors for the kingdom for the guy in the cube next to us or the vendor that we're working with or the customer that we're trying to service and and that is the call that is on our life as Businessmen, we are the priesthood of the believers in the marketplace. Pastor Brady's probably not going to be sitting in your office place, you're that man. And, and, and for me, in my situation, and, and uh, in the business that I'm in, most of the people. That I work with are not likely to become a new life next Sunday. <laughs> There's a lot of soil that has to be tilled up there. And part of it is their maybe their only point of seeing Christ lived out in their life is how I react. And how I respond. And whether or not I'm going to pay my bills on times. Or whether or not I'm going to follow through on my commitment. And I say those words almost cliche. But I'm living that out every moment of every day. And it is tough, guys and the Lord is faithful to walk through that with me but so that leads me to the next point what is the circumstance of your life whether it's your financial situation whether it's your business structure whether it's the partners you're in business with whether it's the employees that you have or your boss what is the circumstance that is preventing you from being ready being prepared to cross the Jordan into the promised land of the call that's on your life you guys have a purpose God has wired you for that for kingdom purposes and what's preventing you from living that out so I would really have you look at that look at your circumstance and I would, I would caveat that with um, with the uh, with the word fear and let me let me write that in there just for you guys to reflect on this morning What is the? What are the things that you fear most? When you get up in the morning, and, and the tell on this is what are you anxious about? What are you worried about? What are the, you know the the men in your life or or women or the people that are in your life that are causing this anxiety and worry? That the root of this thing is fear, and that is the, that is the tell of where you're at is is basically the two kingdoms that you're living in is are you fearing the Lord or are you fearing man are you fearing the circumstances and that right there is a foundational issue that is going to cloud your view of the call and purpose on your life and only you men can really judge that and frankly the only way you're going to get through that and I would challenge you with this is maybe even as soon as Monday morning while you're fresh, just grab a $2 notebook from Walmart and literally just exhaustively write down every single thing that is weighing on your heart. You know, First Peter 5.8 is cast your cares upon the Lord because He cares for you. And the only way you can really cast is to be able to have a full reckoning of what is weighing you down. To be able to give that stuff over to the Lord is... Um, is part of this process because you have this latent fear that is in you, that is tied up in circumstance. You can imagine as you dive into the story of Joshua, all of the reasons: food, you know, clothing, you know. What's the land really going to be like? What about those giants that I saw forty years ago? I mean, as you unpack the story and look at the story through Joshua's eyes, he has all the reason in the world to be terrified and dismayed. And so I would just challenge you guys to have a personal time of reflection of literally getting serious with the Lord about what are the things that is clouding your mind rooted in a depth of fear. So I would just charge you with that. The next idea is character. Um, And I say character in terms of just your relationship with the Lord. There is character issues like lying and, you know, versus telling the truth, and and that's part of that. But that character is sort of wrapped up into who you are. What kind of man are you, and how does that, how do you relate to the Lord? Um, For me, as I think about the word character, I'm reminded out of a passage in Romans 5 that many of you men are familiar with this. Um, Out of Romans 5... Um, and I would encourage you to read this, is that there is sort of a process that we live in, that we have trials and suffering, and those trials and suffering lead us to perseverance, and then perseverance leads us to what? Character. And then from character to hope. I think that's a very uh, interesting thing, because you see that in Romans 5, how the perseverance of our circumstance that leads us to the character to leading us to hope Um, that there is a process here that even all the way back to Joshua we're seeing that repeated again out of Paul's writings in Romans um, that that absolutely is essential that anywhere in the process of this um, we get clouded to where if we got if we have lost our courage and our confidence then that has something to do with just our character, how we're dealing with the circumstances, and just in term, terms of just being honest of where we're at. And then obviously that reckons with the call that's on our life. And then my final thing that I just wanted to share with you is community. And that community, um, if you would take a minute and just, I'll, I'll even use the example of, let's just say circles. If you were to look at what is the community in your life, and and we could say yeah it's the brothers that are here and we'll talk about that in a minute but the community starting with your family um, your wife uh, your kids and then from from there on out who the brothers and sisters in your life friends neighbors and then your brotherhood who is the community that's around you and I wanted just to go back to our story in Joshua um, about about community and. Let's jump down to Joshua 1, um, verses 16. We've just read earlier on how the Lord has spoke to Joshua and just imparted this, be strong and courageous. And we've heard that. And what I want to bring this out about this idea of community, the people that are in your lives, let's look what happens with Joshua. Joshua 1, verse 16. Um, and then, this is the people's response. Remember, we brought up this is a time of transition. What's the people going to do? This conflict that's within Joshua of, am I going to be able to carry the mantle of leadership? What, how are the people are going to respond? Well, this is how the people respond. Verse 16, And they answered Joshua, Whatever you have commanded us, we will do. Whatever, wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will fully obey you. And may the Lord your God be with us as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey your word, whatever you, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. And I, I just want to highlight that for you just in terms of there's a theme here. We've just now heard the response of the people that they're going to follow Joshua's leadership. That's kind of like a major whew for Joshua. But then we see something that I, I just want to charge you guys with. As the Lord speaks, as you engage in this process with the Lord, as He reminds you and renews His message for you, that you pick that up as almost a mantra of your life. As what is the, when someone thinks of Russell, what do they think about? When I, someone thinks of you, men? what is the banner that's sort of hanging out there? What are you known for? What is your reputation? And for, jo, for Joshua, it's, it's interesting to me that the people respond in obedience, but I think almost more importantly, the last line that we see here out of verse 18, only be strong and courageous. The people that he's leading is repeating the very words that the Lord has given to him. That has now become the attitude of his leadership. Attitude reflects your leadership. And for you men, think about this. The words that the Lord imparts upon you in your devotional time or time with the Lord, as you take hold of those, and instead of, just like Joshua we read earlier, he has a decision to make. He's clearly either terrified, discouraged, or dismayed, or he takes up the mantra, the mantle of strength and courage. Now we know the rest of the story. Joshua does that. Now, this is an exercise that maybe you men have gone through, but I just want to actually put our eyes on these words. Let's skip over to verse, uh, chapter 10, Joshua 10, verse 25. And this is right after another battle scene. Um, And he's sort of debriefing their their battle with the Amorites. And then verse 25, Joshua said to them, Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, be strong and courageous. This is what the Lord will do to all the enemies we are going to fight. We see this again lived out sort of in his business life. He's repeating this mantra that's again. And then let's go ahead and let's look again. Joshua 22, verses 5. Be very careful to keep the commandments and the law that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you, to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, to obey His commandments, to hold fast and serve Him with all your heart, soul, We see the word of the Lord from Joshua 1.8, the very words that the Lord spoke over him, he's speaking that again. And then finally, um, Joshua 23 verses 6. Be very strong, be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law without turning aside to the right or the left. I just find it interesting that here we sort of see a snapshot in these chapters of Joshua's life. And very early on at the transition time of his leadership, that here he is repeating these words and then his people are repeating those back to him. And that does something for me. When something is imparted to me by the Lord and then that's echoed by another man, it strengthens who I am. This is what the Lord has done for me. And then, and, and then it just almost becomes something of identity. And then, so, and then that reaffirms just the courage that I need to be able to exercise the call that's on my life. And so I just wanted to leave you guys with this this morning in terms of these ideas but also just the sense of brotherhood just like if we go all the way back to the beginning of the talk that in Deuteronomy we see this process, sort of a transition of, of leadership in the laying on of hands from Moses, that he imparts the spirit of wisdom over him. And, and I just wanted to ask you men, who are the leaders that are in your life, the spiritual fathers, if you will, that have imparted something to you in recognizing that? And if you don't have that in your life, how do you go get that? And then further beyond that, who are the, who are the men in your life that are echoing the very words that the Lord has spoken to you. Because I think it's a very necessary part of this process that this requires some discipline, it requires some early morning or late night reflections, whatever your cup of tea is. You know? um, but then, who, are, who is the community of men that are around you? Um, so, I just want to um, close with just a, a, a physical illustration of this, um, and how many of you men know Proverbs 27, 17? Anyone want to quote it for me? i tell you what, you guys open it up and show me a hand who can read it out. And then after that, if I can have a, uh, someone read Ecclesiastes ten, ten. 10. The men that are smiling know where I'm going with this. So, someone read it out for me. 27 Proverbs 27:17. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So I would ask a question this morning before we leave. Um, this is this exercise is here for you. Personally, to do whatever you would like with it. To press into the story of Joshua, to reflect on these areas of your life, pressing into the Lord, waiting on His word to you, um, to clarify, to, and that kind of thing. But then, in terms of you reaching out beyond just your personal journey through this, who are the men that are going to support and build you up to sharpen your iron in this? So, go ahead and read it. Someone read Ecclesiastes 10.10 for me. Anyone? If the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. Do you guys hear that? Nope. If the axe is sharpened, or unsharpened? unsharpened, unsharpened. More skill is needed, but if the axe is sharpened, then it'll bring success. Okay. Um, how many of you guys like chopping wood? How many of you have chopped wood? Okay. I have to ask that because I actually was with a guy last year where he has this beautiful property up in Woodland Park and I mean it's gorgeous and, and, and we were up there and he had this tree and it was in the way and, and um, actually it was funny because Pastor Lance Coles literally it was one of these it was about that tall because somebody for some ridiculous reason whacked it up here and, and uh, Lance Coles missed it and ran his car right into the back end of it so we were just like that's got to go you know so we get out there with axes, and the guy, poor guy, doesn't even know how to swing an axe. And I was like, "Oh my goodness!" So here we go. So, and how many of you guys have tried to chop something with a dull axe? Right. Exactly. So, um, this morning, I just wanted to leave you guys with the image of, um, how about this? Axe heads. Right. Every one of these, both of these, have had. I have some history with these guys. Okay, I had this axe before I was even married, which was 16 years ago, and I used to swing this axe head as a teenager. So I still carry this thing around. Uh, this guy, obviously, we know what this is for. This is for chopping wood, and you can imagine, especially in Georgia with all the oak trees, you know. A few wax in the wrong places, and it gets stuck, and everything else. But what's one thing that's missing in this? The handle. The all handle. <laughs> right. Anybody know why the handle's missing? <laughs> I missed. <laughs> that's right. And thank you. Thankfully, my legs are here to show for it still. So, um, and you know, th- we can we can use all sorts of illustrations about that. I mean, many of you guys. Um, saw the movie from a few years ago, um, you know, the, the, the golf movie with Matt Damon and Will Smith in it. Um, you guys remember the name of that movie? Uh, that, that's, that, that's exactly right. And one of the lines in that movie was that he lost his swing, right? And so he had to get his swing back he had lost it because of all the trauma and everything else. he Well, this is my new axe. You notice how new it is? (laughs) Well, it's just because I've gotten a little better over time. But one of the things about this axe is that, um, you know, it's still, it'll work, but it's still a little dull. Um, And I just want to use this as an illustration just to leave with you men this morning, is that some of you men um, actually if you're honest maybe you got a job maybe you're set maybe your portfolio is good maybe you've kind of you know settled in life but if this axe head represents the condition of your soul if this axe head represents your relationship with the Lord it's there it's intact but it's a little rusty it's lost its edge And maybe even it's been buried for a little while because it's even lost its ability to swing. Going out to Home Depot and popping a new handle on, it really isn't that difficult. Um, Finding your swing, it does take some time. It takes some exercises like this. You can get your handle back, but this is who you are as a man. Some of you men have completely lost your swing relative to who you are and God's call on your life. I don't want to call you men out. Wherever you're at in the condition of your soul, your relationship with the Lord, it, it may be time to pull this out of the old wheelbarrow, out of the cupboards, like this axe handle has been. And it's time to mount it back up with an axe handle, a new one if you need. It may be time to literally take another brother, an older man, and it may be time to literally start the process of starting to sharpen it's not the easiest thing it doesn't feel very good but this process is what's going to require and God has given you brothers other men in your life to sharpen you and for you to sit here alone this morning completely allows you to miss God's very best for you so I would charge you men to connect with one another that other men no matter how painful it is to open up the story the story of that axe head of your life of maybe tell the story of how you were the Joshua from 40 years ago or the time when you first became a Christian where is that zeal where is that passion gone and I would call you out just to a place of health and a place of fresh calling A fresh anointing for the Lord to be able to uh, speak into your life. And that you can speak that to other brothers. And that you yourself can be the man that sharpens other men. So, this morning I want to close out our time. We just have a few minutes left. Um, I think it's really important for us just to take a minute and pray for one another. Um, I would keep it really simple. You guys can visit maybe afterwards. That's great. But I would circle up no more than groups of three. And I would just give your name, maybe your business, uh, family, and, and just literally pray for one another. Just one thing that you guys can pray for one another. You don't have to go into the story. You guys can share stories afterwards. But I just want to unleash the Lord to work on behalf of you men uh, this morning. So let's just take the last five to seven minutes. Let's circle up. Let's pray for one another. And um, I want to thank you guys for your time this morning. So this was... This was really an honor to be able to share with you.